Kevin Marcus Miller, Setbacks to Comebacks podcast. This episode is sponsored by allapproach.com. Welcome to Setbacks to Comebacks. My dad was really kind of proud of, wow. of my, you know, what my brother and I had accomplished. You know, when we started out, you know, I lived in my mom's basement and mm. Rick was, was scrapping and he was a very risk averse person. So he did not comprehend what we were doing mm. and thought it was way too much risk. He was very uncomfortable with it. And then mm. we've run the business now since 96. We've been profitable every single year of being in business. Uh, we, we bootstrapped with our own money. So we didn't go out and no VC raise money. We didn't borrow money, wow. um, you know, in, until we became bankable, which took us about three years. Here's an example of something that I've just processed today. So yesterday, the Sounders announced some new ownership in the organization. Right. It was my brother. He's, you know, he's a minority owner, shareholder and owner of the Sounders now. Ain't that sound. In the heart of the tech revolution, meet David Cantu, co-founder and COO of Redapt, leading a team of over 200 technologists, delivering innovative and scalable IT solutions since 1996, building long-term trusted partnerships, a passion for technology and a vision for transformation. This is David's comeback story. What's going on? This is Kevin Marcus Miller. Welcome to Setbacks to Comebacks. Oh, okay. I need to do this proper for a second. <laughs> so what's interesting about this interview, we're going to switch it up a little bit today. I met this guy off of a cold message on LinkedIn. Never met the guy in my life. And <laughs> his attitude has, is basically like no other entrepreneur I've interacted with at his level, okay? Nine-figure entrepreneur, Inc. 5000, somebody who's had a business successful since 1996, okay? And he was ready to pour into my community, give back to the people that I've been coaching, and he asked for nothing in return. That's unheard of, y'all. So I wanted to invite him on the show. Welcome to Setbacks to Comebacks featuring the one, the only, David Cantu. What's up, champ? Thank you. Pretty nice, generous. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad we got to do this in person because, you know, you've been in some of my inner circle meetings and the people I coach and all these things, but... Man, you're a heavy hitter and you're pretty, pretty modest, like honestly. And I know that kind of makes you uncomfortable a little it does. bit. Yeah. But I'm glad you're kind of getting out of your shell and like telling these comeback stories because you have a hell of a comeback story, man. Yeah. It's it's uh it's been in it's been an incredible ride, really. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think I shared some of my yep. my story with you. I think we're probably, you know, we're gonna wrap a little bit about that today. Mm -hmm. And um and, and, you know, maybe what, you know, got me to where I am and my attitude towards, you know, your your message to right, me. Right. Um, you know, I, I grew up really humble beginnings. I didn't really, you know, when I was going to school in high school, they were training you to take a job somewhere. Yeah. Right. So it yeah. wasn't there. No one showed me the path to uh, being an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, that I didn't I didn't know that was available. And so. Mm -hmm. Now I've been fortunate, I've made some choices and yeah. things have, have, have rolled my way. And, and the other thing that's awesome yeah. about it too is you maintained excellence in your personal life as well. Most it, people I at your level best. didn't. Yeah, I give Let's it be my honest, best. I mean, you have peers at your level, you know, making half a million a year and they're 
they're not role models. They're not people that I would want to sit down with because yeah. they have a lot going on and they're not good human beings. But you maintain that, you and your wife Shelby, man. So it's really important to me um, yeah. to to maintain that, be humble, and then um, again, like kind of realizing the lack of, I guess, you know, outside influence to mm -hmm. get me to where I was. It's you know, w when you reached out to me, I kind of you know. Looked yep, up you looked me up a little bit. Yep. And um, yep. you know, one of my one of my my purpose now mm -hmm. really is 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 helping others, but with a caveat. Helping others that want to help themselves, that have drive and are really looking to learn, right? And apply, you know, kind of yep. learn what I've done and apply it to their lives to mm -hmm. influence their own success. So right. Um, anytime, anytime someone reaches out to me, has drive, mm -hmm. and um, just needs maybe a little bit of right. advice or you know mentorship, I, I really enjoy doing that, and it's mm -hmm. extremely, extremely rewarding. I think also I want to start with. I remember you were telling me this story about your dad, and how he was one of the first Latino troopers in the Washington State Patrol. Mm -hmm. How did that impact the way that you critically think and feel about yourself? as a brown man in Washington State in your journey, how did that whole experience with your dad and what he accomplished impact you? You know, my, my dad, uh, he did everything he could to mm. kind of shield my brother and I from I experiencing, you know, racism. Right, but the setbacks, you, you racism. The, the thing is, is you can't do anything about that. You're, exactly. you're gonna run across that in your life. And, and um, you know, really it was, I, I just kind of took a mindset of like, mm that's not an issue for me. Mm. And, and you know, it's, my, my mom is, my mom is Caucasian white, right? So yeah. I think, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, a lot of people would look at me and they don't, think you're white. they don't really know my background, right? right? So um, I, I didn't experience anything just based on my looks. Mm. My dad mm. uh, refused to speak Spanish at home. Really? Let my I didn't brother know that. and I learned Spanish. Okay. And that was really because he didn't want us communicating in Spanish. Really? And, and experiencing racism because Outside of Outside of the world. Yeah. Oh, so my. I never, so he I never was looking Spanish. out. Well, in his own way. In his own way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But his intentions were pure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. Yes. Interesting. And so what does he think about where his son is today? So he, my dad was really kind of proud of, wow. of my, you know, what my brother and I had accomplished. And, right. and it, uh, you know, just early on mm. when, you know, we, when we started out, we basically, you know, I lived in my mom's basement and mm. Rick was, was scrapping and, and, uh, he was a very risk averse person. So he did not comprehend what we were doing mm -hmm. and thought it was way too much risk. It this was, was very, 1996? This was in 96. He was very uncomfortable with it. And then, um, you know, we, we really, mm. we've run the business now since 96. Yep. We've been profitable every single year of being in business. Uh, we, we bootstrapped with our own money, so we didn't go out and no VC we didn't funding. raise money. We didn't borrow money, wow. um, you know, in, until we became bankable, which took us about three years. Mm. So, And I remember you yeah. told me you worked a nine to five for several years. Well, I didn't have a lot of bills. So <laughs> I, 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 I kind of put all of my all of my eggs into the Redap basket. Gotcha. Uh, my brother really did as well, mm. but he had, uh, you know, 
there, there's some lessons learned early on, but you know, he he bought a house and and had you know he had a little bit of more obligations. Yeah. And so that limited some of his choices. And so mm -hmm. on the weekends, I would relax, and my brother scrapped it out. He roofed. He did all kinds oh, of wow. mod jobs with his extra time. He really, really. Oh, he roofed. Um, he he That's worked a big two deal. jobs. Yeah. So uh, really, I, hats off to him. You know that that's the kind of drive wow. that my brother has. And is he your older brother? He's my younger brother. Okay, You're yeah, 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 Rick. Yeah. See, I was uh, interested in your dynamic with Rick. I also have a brother, Cameron. And I'm the older one. And sometimes I feel like, as the um, him as the younger brother, I look at and I see a lot of qualities in me and him. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder, am I? imposing what I think he should be doing or the way I think he should show up in the world. Did you ever feel that way? Like, you know, I, I think um, my, my early, when I was probably about second grade, my parents divorced. And so um, my, we, we, I, my brother and I were primarily with my mom. Yep. And then my dad was a few hours away. So, you know, mm -hmm. we didn't get to see him like on Wednesdays or right, you know, right, kind of that right. typical co-parenting schedule of today, right? What city so, was this in? So uh, we lived in Kent okay. and my dad lived in Olympia. He actually nice. was in the administration of the Washington State Patrol. Oh, so, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so um, yeah. that was, he had a little bit less influence on me, but because of that, mm -hmm. I was kind of the man of the house, so to speak, or I, mm -hmm. you know, designated myself. So I always felt <laughs> a little bit responsible for kind of watching what my brother was doing, trying to influence his decisions in a way that I thought, you know, we should be behaving. But um, it, it, people are, they're in, we're all individuals, right? And right. so he, he, he made a lot of choices mm -hmm. and you know, most of them good, right? We, we, all, we all make mistakes when we're young and right. I made mine. Talk to me about some of these setbacks that occurred, not just in the business, but in your personal life. So when you were a young man, thinking about starting a family, you got all these business ideas and things you want to do in life. What was like one of those first setbacks in your personal life? You're like, oh man, I got to build some grit here. You know, I, I've just always been gritty as mm -hmm. a kid. And um, I never... I didn't look at my situation as a mm. setback. My my parents, we were lower lower middle income mm. family. You know, uh, we lived right next to a country club, gotcha. and you know, went to went to high school with uh, with people that were you know in a different financial situation. I just didn't see things that way. You know, mm. I, it was um, I, I've always kind of been this person. You've always held the standard so, of who you wanted to be. Well, I mean, we all grow up, and I've changed a lot and evolved and, and uh, hopefully become a better person, but okay. I just kept powering powering through, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I, was a, when I was in high school, mm -hmm. I didn't have aspirations of myself to own a business. Mm -hmm. I was very scrappy. I don't, I've, I've had a job since I've been 12 years old. Oh, wow. And um, what was you know, always figured things out. My first my first job was pulling weeds for a um, a foundry, a, you know, metal foundry okay. that they they were working for Boeing. My actually, my stepdad got us the job, and man, uh, I think the weeds were taller than me. I'm not tall. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm five five, but the taller. weeds were taller than me. So my brother and I did that job, and man, we scrapped it out. And and you know, after that, I was paper route. Mm -hmm. I worked at Dairy Queen. I worked at Nordstroms. I 
was it car valet, wow. uh, bank teller, you name bank it. Bank teller. Yeah, I've I've done a ton of a ton of jobs. Wow. So you don't even have this. You won't even let yourself go to that point of that was the setback. Like for me, I'll be honest with you. You know, I had this moment where I definitely wallowed in my sorrow, where it was like, mm -hmm. okay, I have a cardiac arrest. This is a this is a setback. Yeah. Like that never. You've never had that. Look, I, I. I guess you know I've had I've had moments of despair. I remember um, mm -hmm. I remember with all these jobs I had, you know, right. I was very aware of what I was making per hour, what that would mean per week, per month, per year, and um, you know I remember <coughs> I remember vividly like freaking out mm -hmm. uh, when I was in high school about how am I going to be able mm -hmm. to buy a house. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I cried. Like, and it stressed me out, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I was always motivated to uh, be able to take care of myself, yeah. uh, be able to take care of those around me, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a family and kids, that's some some serious responsibility. And right. so I was really kind of just motivated to like be a, a good person and a good mm -hmm. provider for my family. Sounds like you always were kind of this leader, even you put that pressure on yourself sometimes. Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah. There's because I sense that, like, there's this. I'm the leader, of, you know, of the house. A little bit of that pressure internally for you to get to this level. It's not mm -hmm. just average. Yeah. Right. And you recognize that now. There's that, a lot of drive. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of drive, and um, but you know, things just mm. kind of, you know, eventually kind of unfolded for me, and yeah. and. Uh, and when did you, you meet know, Shelby? Was that at Western? No, I, I met Shelby. So I've been. I've been married twice. Um, okay. So gotcha. I, I was divorced and then I met my wife kind of through a good friend of mine. Nice. He owned a, a PR company and they did events for the, you know, kind of food, wine, travel industry. Very cool. So every time they would do a restaurant opening mm -hmm. or some sort of event, I'd get an invite. That's and, a good and friend. I, yeah. So <laughs> That's I, a good friend well, right there. What's crazy is I, Shelby, would be at those events nice. because one of her friends worked at the PR firm. Okay. And so she would get an invite and we were, we'd both end up being wallflowers and, mm. you know, eventually, you know, you we go. started chatting and I just, what maybe, did she maybe see? more excited to go to the next event. Right, right. And, and what did Shelby see, you know, because I remember you were talking to my inner circle about this and I, I wanted to bring this up. You, both of you understand the importance of what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And you operate as a unit. Yeah. And for me, as a newly married person, right, as a newly married young man, especially man of color in Washington, I definitely look at what you're doing as an example because it, it is hard and the divorce rate is <laughs> higher than it's ever been. So for you, what were some of the things you two established early on for you to love your marriage the way you do? You know... Uh, obviously, at first, it was just attraction, right? right? I mean, she's she's a beautiful gal. Um, it, but I think, you know, ultimately, we really figured out that we wanted the same things, mm. and and um, and and so, you know, kind of looking at leadership as right. leadership is not just a skill for the office. It's not just a skill for leading people. It's also not a. It, it, it's a great skill for following people. Mm, I am okay. not. The, I I am not the leader at home. 
my wife is a leader. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I know what my role is there. Mm -hmm. um, I like, I also lead um, in, in different ways. I, right. I lead up the chain, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. I know but exactly what it, you're saying. Really, I like understand what, like we have very simple, clear yep. goals and we communicate well. Mm. We uh, take ownership of mm. our responsibilities and yeah. when something doesn't go right at home, it's on me, right? Mm. As yeah, I take ownership of something that didn't go right. If maybe I didn't communicate well, right? And and that it causes a misunderstanding. But right. it's really interesting when you take ownership of everything that's in your life, mm. how well things can go and how much your team comes together. That's how I feel about the cardiac arrest. People always ask me, they're like, why do you take extreme ownership even though that's not your fault? You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Yep. You're like, well, well, maybe I get to react to what it stuff is. and I didn't I didn't go to the doctor fast enough. Right. I, you know, I didn't I didn't take the necessary steps right. when I really kind of saw some of those signals. Yeah, mm. that's that's a great example of right. um and and taking ownership is a, it it's a mindset mm. for success. Right. It really is. Mm. Who in your book right now gets to be on your Mount Rushmore of, whether that's personal, marriage advice, uh, friendships, business leaders, who's on that Mount Rushmore for you that you're looking up to? You know, it's, uh, I don't look up to people. Mm. It's, it, but I do have, I do have people in my life mm. that, have guided me very well mm. and um one one of the one of the groups i'm actually connected with a number of people in the group but we did some leadership training nice. through a company called echelon front so that's led by jocko willink cool. um but we've had uh we've had members of his team come and do keynotes for us and then we've just built friendships and relationships that have um, endured time and, mm. and we still stay in contact with with those guys so uh, Leif Babin, the co-writer of the book, I get to communicate with him once in a while. I communicate a lot with Jason Gardner, mm. uh, just a fantastic yep. human yep. and um, it, it, and really, really um, influential in, you know, kind mm -hmm. of my own leadership development and the leadership development of our, our organization. Cool. They're great. Uh, I, I also do a lot of reading. So yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Ryan Holiday. Hmm. I actually, he's he's written a number of books on the Stoic philosophy, which what's is- the, What's that? I actually never heard of that. So philosophy. St Stoic philosophy is, it's, um, oh, it's back, goes back to like Rome and, and, oh. and ancient Greece. And it's, um, it's a philosophy for living a good life. Mm. And uh, one of the things, one of the core principles of it is that we only have control over one thing. I see. One thing, and that's our choices. We're not in control of what other people do. We're not in control mm. of the weather, all these other things. And so um, it, that really ties in a lot with extreme okay. ownership. That, so we can. When you said that, yeah. I had to really process that. I was like, Am I in control of anything else but that? Not really. Just your choices, not even your thoughts. You're not in control of your thoughts. You're in control of your choices and the actions that you take mm. or don't take. See, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that makes you know, there's sense. a lot of other things in there, but I find um, I through that. And is the reason you don't look up to anybody? It's like this because I have this too, the pedestal concept. Like you put yourself on the pedestal. 
So other people aren't just looking up to you on a pedestal, so it's more I, like I'm, a peer thing? Yes. Yeah. I, I, so... As an so you don't put a Jeff an Bezos exact, on a pedestal no, because... No, if I walked up to him at a bar, I'd just right. talk to him like a normal person because he's a normal person. Right. Um, I, I, I really, I don't get starstruck. Yep. I, I do get a rub elbows with, you know, some really yeah, interesting you do. people. And I just, <laughs> yes, you do. But they, people just want to be treated like people, mm. period. It doesn't matter. And so, you know, as an example of just not being on a pedestal, right. I, when I'm at the work or somewhere else, and someone says, you know, does that person work for you? And I'm like, no, we work together, right? Mm. I, work, I work with them. It's, it's um, I see. That language okay. means a lot, right? You, you, that you makes talk a to lot some of people sense. and they'll say, I have 200 direct reports, I'm, you know, the boss, I'm doing whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, like our mm. job as as leaders is right. to take care of our is to take care of the people right. that work in the organization and make it successful. Um, I work for them. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people don't get that. And that's why they struggle with leadership, because they're trying to use technology. They're trying to do all this other woo woo stuff because they can't get to that what you just described right there, the principle. Yeah. You work for them. I do work for them. Mm. Yeah. Who Was there a particular incident that made you realize that? Because I've had you mine, know, I'll I, be honest. So, you know what? <laughs> I've had mine. This is, this is really crazy, but I, have, I had a, um, a really strong connection with my grandfather, mm. uh, Ben Morris. He, he was uh, a really good example of the greatest generation. And... He actually, um, he was a World War II veteran. He Very came cool. home, he worked for the US Post Office. He ended up being the postmaster of Auburn, Washington. Nice, um, but shout out. <laughs> the, he was just really humble. And it was really interesting as we'd be with him in public or at church or different places, how much, how much um, draw he had right. and, and how much people were kind of watching what he did and kind of, you know, doing, you know, kind of following him. him, but he was very soft-spoken. Um, and he, he set a really good example for, for me. And I think I mirrored that a little bit as I grew up. Okay. Yeah, I see sometimes my grandfather and me because he was one of the first black contractors to work on the I-90 bridge. Mm -hmm. So back then, obviously you can, apply and get those jobs that had to be given to you after Jim Crow. And so I remember, I remember those stories and sitting around and not understanding, but understanding now, like they really paved the way. Yeah. Our grandfathers, they paved the way for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's awesome to hear. Talk to me about your kids. What's going on in their world? How do they feel about everything you're doing with the business? Do they feel like, oh, I miss my dad or do they feel connected to you? What, what have you noticed? Um, so my, I have two children. Okay. My son Chase is twenty-one. He's, he's the one that does music, right? No, that's Jade. That's, that's my nephew. That's your Jade, nephew, and he's amazing. I remember we um, talked about him. Yeah, but my son Chase is twenty-one. My daughter Finn is nine. Okay. So uh, they are. They have both experienced different eras of my career. Yeah. Unfortunately, when Chase was young, I was traveling a lot, mm. uh, putting in a lot more time at work. But as, as he got a little bit older, 
found myself adopting hobbies I never thought there I'd adopt because it was something that he was interested in. And so, you know, we've we've become or not become we've we've always been we've always been close, yeah. but we're we're friends now, right? That's so awesome. I'm it's it's a. Uh, He's a, he's a grown man. Right. Um, I, I don't get to tell him what to do anymore. So, uh, but I'm super proud of him. He's he's going to be going into his senior year at UW nice. this this um, this year, and he is serving us by wildland firefighting. So he's in his second season awesome. of wildland firefighting. He is completely different from me. He really? does he does not want to do any anything no with business. business. He is uh, wants to serve our country. So after awesome. he's done in in uh, firefighting and he's done with his his uh, degree, he's going to join the army, I believe. Okay. And uh, try to try to be a special forces nice. a person with a medical specialist. So he wants to be able to help help his people. Okay, I like yeah. that a lot. Yep. And then Finn is uh, you know she came in on the tail end after mm. uh, hard work and success. A little, a little less traveling. Yeah, I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more balanced now. Yeah. In terms of the time I spend at home, COVID uh, broke me of travel, so mm. I, I travel less. Um, I'm more involved in like leadership and you know kind of helping our people yep. grow in their careers. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am home a little bit more. I do have a hobby that takes me, you know, out of out of uh, town. What you, what you do, man? Week. You skydiving over there? In no, I, I, it, <laughs> it's crazy, but I'm doing, it's precision rifle uh, oh, stuff. So I compete. That's cool. Yeah, um, and not on a national level. I compete on a regional level. And I really enjoy it. It's, um, it's interesting because you, uh, at, at, you know, you're you're probably experienced this, but you're, we're always thinking about stuff, right? Exactly. We're, we're at the dinner table, but we're thinking about mm -hmm. you know business, or we're thinking about a challenge that we need to solve. Right. And so when you're doing that, you are completely present in the moment, That's and it's helpful. relaxing. Okay. Uh, it, and and it's uh, you. I was a little intimidated at first because we're talking about firearms and yep. and uh, alpha alpha males <laughs> and. <laughs> You would not believe yeah. the sense of community, how people, how kind people are, really, how helpful they are as you progress. And this is uh, like an indoor range. No, this is outdoors. We're shooting oh, wow. out to like fourteen hundred yards, and you know, at some venues. Wow. Um, it, you know, we're on people's farms. We're on private land. Awesome. And you're with. You know, you're competing against 100 people. It's really fun. That's really um, cool. Yeah, and I and I enjoy the community. You you meet people from all different walks of life, mm. and uh, it, it it's fun to be a part of. That's awesome. But let's roll back to Finn. Um, <laughs> she came she she came later in life when you know things have been going pretty good for a long time. So, um, you know, we get to do all kinds of fun stuff together. Mm. She's a she's a wonderful. Um, wonderful child and she has aspirations of being a teacher she Very just cool. really just loves, like my mom yeah she just really loves um, being in school she likes kids mm. she's a wonderful cousin we had my brother's daughter and her yeah. a couple years Do they go to school together they don't go to school together uh, Ryan's going into kindergarten I believe mm. and Finn's going into fourth grade okay. so but they they're best friends if, oh, if you awesome. ask if you ask Finn you know who she wants to hang out with, she's like Ryan Right. Then, fortunately, yes. we only live a couple blocks apart, so we get it. Oh man, that makes me so happy to hear that. Like, there's so many of these stories, man, where the brothers they they have like a falling out. Or you guys, oh, yeah, all the way. So Rick and I, I, I'm no, I'm no longer in the group, but Rick is in mm -hmm. EO, and I was in 
before I, I was in EO as well okay. and had a forum of about... So the audience, what's EO? So EO is Entrepreneur's Organization. Yep. Uh, your your company has to be kind of a certain size and scale to yep. be a part I think of it. eight, nine figure? Something like that, yep. yeah. Yeah, I try not to keep track. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> Understandable. But Rick and I have both been in that, and in both of our forums, mm -hmm. we've been in with other people that have had family-owned businesses, mm -hmm. or we've kind of heard of the thing. And I've I've seen more I've seen more families destroyed by really, you know, kind of family-run businesses than than, oh, than wow. you know be together. And that's you know things don't always go well businesses fail right yeah. there's blame there's you know instead of instead of ownership there's right. blame and so um that you know that's always in the back of my head and it's in the back mm. of rick's head and we we're very different i love that you people. take that so serious yeah. like yeah i could there's honestly there's nothing anybody could say to me about my brother that's gonna make me be like yeah i'm not gonna hear him out yeah I'm gonna always hear him out, even if I'm pissed. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna hear him out. Yeah, and that's and that's the way we are. Rick yeah. and I are. We Rick's aggressive, okay. right? And and he tends to be more aggressive in like his decision making and yep. is 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 wanting to grow. And I'm I'm on the other end of that spectrum where I'm very. Would you say you're more of an see, introvert? Think about kinda? this. Oh, definitely. An okay. Yeah. I'm the extroverted introvert. Okay. Um, but what we both know mm. is that we you know we'll discuss things and decide on you know what direction the company's gotcha. gonna go and if we don't agree mm. it doesn't matter because <laughs> I love that. I love well, that. because you know one of the one of the leadership principles is is you have to you, you disagree mm. you figure out a direction and you commit to it Gotcha. Right, because yep. that that is how you get everyone around you going the ship in the same needs direction. To be clear, but yeah. more important than that, we we know that we'd rather be family than be right, and mm. so we just move on. It's we can have we we'll have some awkward <laughs> awkward uh, arguments yep. with our other leadership team around, and they're and they'll just sit back and you know take it in, and then <sighs> five minutes later we'll go to lunch. Love it, and it's over. Love yeah. it. Yeah. That, that, that's like the dream right there. Like, some, sometimes does it freak you out? Like, you, when you think of a bucket list, you probably hit almost every single thing in there. I've gone beyond. Beyond? Yeah. Yeah. Very fortunate, right? That's I think, awesome. I think there's, you, does that like, does that ever, do you ever like process that all the way or is you just try not to think about that? Look, so here's an example of something that I've, just process today. Okay. So yesterday, um, the the Sounders announced some new ownership in the organization. Right. It was my brother. He's you know he's a minority owner shareholder and owner of the Sounders now, and we've been around the organization so long. You know we have friends that have played on the yep. team. Yeah. We're, we're season ticket holders. There we have a suite and entertain customers there a lot. And it it just I, I woke up this morning and I, you know, I was, of course, I'm super proud of Rick, right? That he's accomplished, you know, he's been successful and that's enabled him the opportunity to do this. But I'm like, my brother is a corner right. professional sports team. What is happening? Right. Yeah. So that that is something that I don't think either one of us Unreal. had on our bucket list it's giving me goosebumps even just yeah so that that was really neat to to come to that realization today and That's again beautiful. it's like hats off to rick for 
Um, it's all him. Yeah, that's hats so off awesome. to him for uh, making a lot of good decisions and, 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 and being able to do something like that. I bet your uh, Rick's kids are going to be bragging. <laughs> I hope my not. Dad they, better the be, they better be. They better be. Humble. You better talk to me nice. Yeah. No, no, they, Rick, Rick's kids are. Totally Rick's kidding. kids are extremely. Yeah, you have not, like. You like, know this, like Winville kids typically have this entitled. Da, 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 and I'm a Winville kid. Yeah. Well, because I grew up around, you know. They were off I, I, I'm okay. Yeah. So. Off yeah. That's good. So I'm glad your kids aren't like that. <laughs> At least from what I hear. You so. know, I actually, what's really interesting is I, I think my son's actually embarrassed. Because really? he's always, he just, he doesn't want attention for something that he didn't accomplish. I see. Right? So okay. he is, he's his own person. He If he can, he won't use the last name. Well, um, you know, he's proud of his last name, but I think he, he just... He doesn't want people to say, oh, you're wealthy, because right. he's not. Makes sense. Right? So, and, 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 he, and he really, really wants to make it mm. on his own merit, which I respect. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I used to have that a little bit, like, <clears throat> in our, I used to, um, in Winville when we grew up, I used to have this concept of wealth and fame and all these things, and I realized that there's there was levels to this, right? Oh yeah. And so we had a back in our backyard. We had an Olympic sized trampoline and then an indoor like oh, hot tub and stuff. Yeah. And so I thought, made oh, it. we made it. We're yeah, wealthy. Made it. And then I realized, like, <laughs> and then I went to my neighbor's house. And I was, oh my goodness, what's going on? So I think he's probably because he's at UW, he's seen a thing or two. Oh yeah. So he no, knows better I now. I mean, there's levels to everything, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, uh, you know, as an example of just that, we've had, you know, as growing up, we chase his buddies would come over, and we had one buddy like, "I am rich," and I'm like, <laughs> and I looked at him, I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I'm rich," and I'm like, "Your parents are Your rich." Your parents, yeah. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so "Oh, funny. I never thought about it that way." Right. Yeah, yeah. I was that kid because I yeah. had that face. <laughs> <laughs> I had that face. <laughs> my buddy Kyle, he had a sports yeah. court in his backyard. And I was like, we're playing tennis in the backyard. This is crazy. <laughs> crazy. What's going on here? That's so funny, man. And what's one of your favorite spots now? Like, where do you like to spend your time? Are you working 40 hours, 60 hours? What? What's that? What's like a day look like for this you This is going to be disappointing. I okay. actually take Fridays off. So... Um, that's really so, yeah, and then Monday to Friday, like full off or kind off, full. Because you know, you know, when we well, entrepreneurs you know, say like, we're off, we still. You know, I'm, I'm full off, like I'm off the grid. So, but wow. if you know, if there's if there's Except a for a meeting, fire, we have course. someone in town, you know, whatever it is, then I'm I'm available because okay. you know, at the end of the day, like I don't want business to stop because right. I'm not there. But the thing is, is I have a really good team. Yeah, and they take do. care of stuff, right? And so, um, you know, another leadership principle that we preach is it, it's called decentralized command. And so, uh. if you know, the, the thought there is like, if everyone, if I'm very clear mm. and people understand what, what direction we're going and what right. they should be doing. There, I hire smart people. They shouldn't right? be coming like, to me every hour. We have, we have yeah. great people that work for us and, and they make great decisions. And nothing is so important mm. that, I mean, usually I'll come home and they're like, hey, these 
these three things happened. Yep. Here's what I did, and here's why. I'm like, great decision. Mm, great decision. Yeah. Mm, okay. If you could go back a little bit, maybe let's say 2008. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting time. Crash, people oh, yeah. stressed out, yeah. recession. Was there anything during those time periods that you feel like some people didn't adhere to, and that's why they didn't have the trajectory that you did? Man. Might that, even be COVID. If it know, wasn't 2008, was there certain things that you noticed in your path that other people might have took the wrong turn? So there's there's something that I'm a little bit passionate about right now. Um, and, you know, there's a, in, in the business world, okay. there's a COVID like people were working from home right. and that was working, but right. COVID wildly swung work from home, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, there, there's a big debate going on about whether people should return to office. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of people are, they don't want to, right? Mm. There's all sorts of freedoms from working from home, right. um, you know, and <clears throat> no commute, autonomy, you know, all these other things. But, you know, for our organization, mm. We really want people to return to office, and and uh, okay. the reason the reason is not that we don't trust people mm. that you know we want to micromanage or anything like that. The reason is is that our you know in the relative businesses you know it's been around for twenty years, but there's a lot of things that are the way that we run our business mm. is a lot of people have knowledge. Mm. that is only inside, right? Or that you're that you learn by working together. And so I we're perfectly our people are perfectly capable of working from home and being super productive mm -hmm. and getting their jobs done. I'm worried I'm worried about five years and ten years from now, what happens when we experience attrition, people retire, you know, that kind of stuff. And I I mean People think back to their their first job. Right. Could you imagine just waking up and going to the living room in your six hundred square foot apartment, <laughs> and and like not like you're just getting started. You're out of college. You literally can't right. do any like you can't do anything. There's about no you. onboarding but of you culture. Yes. So you're we're you're gonna, we're going to miss out on that as yeah. this next group of 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 talent comes in, you know, into the, into the workforce. Uh, that's why we're, you know, it's like, okay, I want, like, I actually like chatting with people and I yeah. like, I like the random bump in of someone that you normally wouldn't work with and learning, you know, that's important. But overall, it's like that first experience of onboarding and learning your mm. job and learning the culture and how things are done. It's so much better and so much more effective to do right. that in person and that is why mm. we're at you know we're asking for that okay it's probably why zoom is asking for that i mean after all See, like, i was i was gonna yeah. ask you that why would zoom even do that but that makes you know, perfect sense then. i just i i i think zoom is a fascinating company yeah I, I think what they've done is is been you know pretty incredible and i haven't really seen them talk about the why but i mm. i would guess that's okay. why Okay, that, that's a good theory. That's a really good theory. I could agree with that. Okay. As we wrap, I want to know for you, I understand you told me that the value now 
for you in your life is giving back because that really fulfills you in your heart now. For other entrepreneurs at your level and maybe even beyond that are watching, you know, people that might have just hit a billion dollar valuation and mm -hmm. you're excited and things like that. What advice would you have for them? Well, they, they probably won't listen to me, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You've been successful you know, for 30 years, though, which yeah. is different than the tech kid who got locked. Let's be honest. Different than the tech kid who might have had 950 valuation, million dollar valuation, and he's still seeking guidance and counsel. So mm -hmm. you still have value to bring to someone like that because you've been successful for 30 years. Yeah. I was just trying to like relate that to, I guess, my experience and, mm -hmm. and, and things. And it's, um, I think it's extremely important to always kind of like be mindful of your ego. Like ego is, ego yeah. is, you know, it's our internal drive to like put our stamp on the world, mm -hmm. right? Or to, you know. That's such a to, great way to, to put it. It, it. To whatever your goal is, make money, you yeah. know, party, do whatever, Have right? a big podcast. Do, do what, yeah, have a, have the world's biggest podcast. Right. You know, you're, unfortunately, you brought me on here. I'm not going to help you. But um, the... I think it's important to check that, yeah. right? And and make sure like that you're you're doing things for the re like the right reasons, the greater good. You know, example is just like as as a business owner, I can I can make deci financial decisions that benefit me right, right today, right? right, or this month. And so, um, but you know, so I think it's really important that you invest in others and and that you you know you kind of you make i don't know it's mm. I, I would i would just say it's like be a good person right mm. check your ego like it's not all about you it's mm. about other people and things sort of all you know they'll work out chances are you're pretty okay mm. if you're if you're a billionaire and so you know kind of taking care of others and being mindful of the community and stuff is important personal because on a personal note too like I was saying, your work-life harmony is better than a lot of those people, which means they did something probably different. And so they are looking for, well, how did this guy, you know, end up in a happy marriage? How did this guy have a company that was successful and he didn't have to fire all 200 people? Mm -hmm. You know? I, I got it. I mean, some of the wealthiest people I know are some of the most unhappy people. Right. In that there, there is not a linear connection mm. between wealth and, and happiness. Mm. And so it's, again, like I've, I've had my ups and downs in, you know, kind of my, my personal life and, you know, some of the decisions I've made. And, and uh, I think just being a curious, continuous learner, that's led me to uh, finding all sorts of things that help me um, be a better person, but more importantly, have a positive impact on, on those around me. Love it, love it. WW alums in the house. <laughs> nice. Thank you guys. Setbacks to Comebacks podcast. My man, David Cantu. Thank you so much, man. Thanks appreciate for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun, man. Thank you.